We shall go on to the end. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 48 of The Art of Surrender. Today, I am joined by Professor James Woodfield-Jones of Sustainable Jiu-Jitsu. James, how are you? It is very good to have you back. Very well. Thank you for having me, mate. It's good to be back. No worries. I appreciate it. It's, how long has it been since I've seen you now? Uh, almost a month, month and a bit? month and a bit, I think, yeah. Yeah, it's gone quick. Back yeah. to Sydney you went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So far, so good. Settling in. The new job's going well. We had a little bit of a chat beforehand, so um, won't, you know, get into the mould issues in the apartment and things like that. But, um, yeah, I'm glad so, you're back safe and sound and enjoying Sydney again. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. And how are things on your end? We're good, mate. Good. We've got a, a four-day lockdown at the moment. So from the Monday night until Saturday um so yeah as it stands at the present the old covid situation but hey is what it is Mm. four days no worries does that mean the gym's closed as well yes gym's closed mate all that for the four days and then hopefully be back saturday morning um depending on the situation and where it goes but it always works out mate Mm. i remember i remember the last time we were having a chat (laughs) We were talking about, and this is such a coincidence, right? Because the one we were talking about longevity, um, we were talking, it was during COVID, right? And that's the kind of the topic that we were on. Um, and now you're back on the podcast and all of a sudden we're both in lockdown. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be something, well, hopefully it doesn't pop up too many times, but hey, I'm sure it's going to be one of these things every now and again. But hey, no problems, mate. Just keep moving forward. It was beautiful on Monday and then it just quickly turns, but it'll turn back again. It's all good. Yeah, right. Um, so I was um, listening to, I'll start, I guess I'll start by saying I've been listening to the um, side control thing that Jamil put out. So on, for people listening, Milvac BJJ or Milvac on air, everyone knows Jamil in Perth and around even in Sydney these days. Um, he put out that 15 minute video of you and your top side control pressure. And from what I've heard, there's been a lot of great feedback on that. Um, oh, beautiful. Good to hear. So uh, Jamil's echoed this. I've echoed this as well myself on my podcast, and we've even talked about it together on the podcast recently, that your top pressure is the heaviest that either of us have ever felt. <laughs> and um, it's it's got to be felt to be understood, right? Oh, I think so, definitely. You have to feel people to understand what it is and you can learn from it as well, big mm. time. Yeah, you get that. Um, even though, so I'll, I'm on the bottom just getting squashed into the mat by you, right? Just trying to hang in and survive. But at the same point, I'm kind of getting like the indicator for the, you know, the mirror image of like, okay, I understand what I need to do when I'm on top. Mate, this, and that's it. And, you know, uh, when you are underneath or the person that you are pressuring the person is never done in a violent way. It's done in a fully controlled manner. Because that's the only way you're going to actually get the best out of what you're trying to achieve. So it would never be, you know, when people think of pressure, they think of, uh, yeah, we'll go harder, squeeze harder, more aggression. Far from it. You need to be more, you need to be more intelligent with that. But also for the person underneath it, so you can feel, I suppose, for lack of a better word, almost like a slow death. You can see it come in and you start to, you start to figure out ways that, where you can do this, this, and this. And yeah, it's a beautiful thing. The heavy pressure though goes with the, the, the bottom pressure because there's two heavy sides, a bottom and a top. But I'm glad uh, yeah, I'm glad it's enjoyed and then um, it's needed, right? Because if we need to apply something properly, then it needs to be applied properly. I wouldn't yeah. be messing around with it. And um, obviously we're playing with it, we're being challenging on the mats. But and that's good because obviously you can control the person at that pace. But we obviously always have to think that if you were to restrain someone, you know they're going to go nuts. So you'd want to be controlling them very well. Yeah, right. So so what is so what is it that um like where do you think that comes from? Because you've been a black belt for how long now? You're about to get your third degree later this year. Oh, black belt for a long time. But yeah, nine years in this year for third degree. Um, yeah. 
a long time. I've been doing jiu-jitsu for 26 years, but I didn't grade for a few years. Um, uh, over time, I've, you know, you realize you need to be more efficient and effective mm. with how you control people, obviously, because I do a lot of well, my, my job is personal, private sessions, a lot. So I'm, I'm going back to back with clients. And now I have, uh, you know, seven of my own black belts, three more coming at the end of the year. People have been with me for a long time. My longest standing client is 20 years. So when you roll in with clients, obviously they're getting better and they're challenging you as you challenge them. Uh, so you have to become more efficient. So I was directed straight into that top bottom fighting. Everything had to be efficient because you had to do it back to back. And I always right. use an example of one of my clients, um, you know, a legend. He's been with it for a long time, but every time he comes in, he goes, mate, you're on a sleep, old man. I'm taking you out. It's all <laughs> It's all giggles, and I love him to bits. But it's funny, you know. And he's gotten better. He's one of my black belts now. And, and you go, you've got to go from ten sessions, and then into a, a guy who's going to challenge you for an hour as well. And you just need to be smart. So it sort of led into. It's always the smart way, but that's kind of the way that it should be done anyway. No, it should be no force. And as you get older, of course. And these guys are young and strong, and I feel young and strong as well. But you don't want to rely on that because there's always someone bigger anyway. Mm, mm. So you've um, you said you've been a black belt for nine years now. How yeah. take if you could take me back to when you did get your black belt? Um, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe you could talk a little bit about sort of what that you know moment was like for you. But also what I'm really what I really want to know is you know how would you um, like your mindset now? These ideas you're talking about about pressure from the bottom and the top, and just you know yeah. just just the way that you apply it. Obviously, you know what I'm talking about. Um, mm-hmm. Where was your mindset at in regard to that? Like when you first got your black belt? Um, I had an idea of it but not at all what it is now. And, you know, in between that uh, day I got my black belt, which was beautiful, it's a magical moment, and I felt good. I felt good, but not at all what I feel nine years down the track, a lot of life, a lot of training, a lot of rolling, a lot of experience, um, experimenting. But what's really most important is uh, when I first met Master Joe Marrera, who is obviously eighth-degree coral belt, and... When I'd, I'd rolled with a lot of people, you hear on Gracie's, your Roy Deans, and uh, and many other people, and they are super, you know, amazing at what they do. And then I was very fortunate to uh, roll with Master Joe. I've actually rolled with Master Joe uh, a lot of time, hours, hours and hours. So and spent a lot of time with him, and that's pressure. <laughs> like, and that's where I think it resonated and clicked for me. Is that the first day I rolled with him, and I think I've told you the story, I was underneath him for just under two hours. <laughs> so, the, you know, I got out twice. I say I got out twice, but, hey, if you want to go that way, I'll let you go and smart away to get me back on my back again. So that was, that was pressure. And that was the moment that I realised, Brad, wow, that's pressure. It feels like a car. Yeah. So, yeah. so is this the same kind of experience when I'm referring to like that mirror understanding of what you need to do when you're yes. on top because you feel it from the bottom? Yes, 100%. And how yeah. easily it's done. I think this is in my mind. I have there's three levels at the top, top level of jiu-jitsu. You know, you've got uh, knowledge, playful and magicianry. You know, this is from my, my mindset. I believe I'm at knowledge <laughs> and playful. I feel like this is where I am. I feel Joe is magician. So it feels like he's not really doing too much, but he you cannot move. Let's put it this way. If you, you're underneath there and he doesn't want you out, you might not be getting out. <laughs> never say never, but, you know, and this is playful. So it's just magical. And I'm super grateful um, to have met, you know, Master Joe and uh, been partaking this his knowledge and... I was, before meeting Joe, 200% dedicated to sharing jiu-jitsu because this is what I dedicate my life to before meeting Joe. Since meeting Joe, 500% because I want to make sure I honour it for the people that I come across, myself, jiu-jitsu and Master Joe because the principles that he shared with me said to me, James, everything you do is very good, don't change it. But I'm going to highlight something for you. Make sure you stick to the principles and boom. That was that was the big change of uh, where I understood pressure, and now I have my own gorillas at the gym, 
and you need pressure and now it becomes this game of I believe you have a top pressure and you have a bottom pressure and the for say if you're very um, give a lot of space spinning twisting on top and the person's like rock underneath and I don't mean rock that doesn't move I mean there's a serious structure to it that person's not going to control that person on the bottom. Mm. Likewise, if the person's very um, <laughs> stick on the bottom, a lot of hip movement, a lot of movement, which is great, no worries, but pressure will take that away. So the only way you're going to fight the pressure is to have the, the structured bottom game. And that's what it's become for me. And going into, again, back to the reality of it, you want to feel like a gorilla and have gorilla-like abilities as ultimate control if you're in a self-protection situation. If you go hands-on, of course you're adaptive, but you need to be needs to be tip-top. We're not playing a game, let's put it that way. Although yeah. we played in the gym, yeah. that's how we learn, and I love that. That's the most that's actually how you can turn it up again, if that makes sense. But I think if you think of that in the reality of it and closing distance and closing space and pressure, a person can't hit you because you control their arms. Everything you do on the mats, you do in self-defense anyway, because they've only got two arms, two legs, and a head. And I know exactly what you can do with it. And I know exactly how I can control it, whatever it's doing to me. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. You've always said that the, the, um, the context is, it's the context that's different, but the approach is the same. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't have to be aggressive when you're always related to self-protection. Oh, yeah, you're always talking about aggression. No, just the hands are going to do something, aren't they? Brad, you're very good at jiu-jitsu. You're going to make them pay for me to try to escape, make frames. I need to shut them down. Uh, Brad, you're going to hit me in the face or I'm shutting them down anyway. So you don't have any arms. So it doesn't really, it's just the context of what they're doing, like I said. Right. Yeah, understood. And so you earlier on, you were talking about you doing, um, you know, a lot of your clients, uh, 20 years or a lot of clients, 10 plus years, and you mm. do um, uh, a lot of privates back to back and small groups and things like that. Where does the um, preference to sort of structure your classes in that sort of a way in comparison to sort of having a mat with, say, 40 people on it where you're at the front just teaching as opposed where you have small groups and just privates? Where, where's that interest come from, from your end? Um, that's a good question. Um, I've done a lot of, I've been at a lot of places. Obviously, I've been doing martial arts and sold four and a half. Mm. Um, a long, long time, so 40 years of martial arts. I've been to a lot of places around, around the globe, around Australia, around Perth, whatever. And you start to learn, you pick up something uh, from everywhere, but, a lot of places I went, I didn't see any attention to or too much attention to individuals. And, and when you start to go to the masses, it starts to get maybe watered down. It starts to get lost a little bit, the interest, and it becomes a little bit too, I don't know, disconnected in some ways. But I never felt disconnected too because I always got, you know, great service and a great time wherever I went or whatnot. But I don't know, it wasn't really what I wanted to do because... I love people. That's what this is what I'm here for. I believe anyway. Um, I've always felt very confident, and I like to to get an individual and help them out. Not in a weird way. Not in a you know, live in their pocket way. Just you know, I've got tools, and I've got tools to do it, and I like to do it personally. I do it on a small group level, and all these people then interact. So it becomes like a family of people anyway. That they always interact, and sooner or later. And um, yeah, and you can really get what you need to get across to them. And once you know them, you can really understand how to get the best out of them. Which I suppose it's like a PT, isn't it? You go to a PT, you, they want you, they want to push, but maybe a little bit more mental, physical, emotional. You can help them and um, and power them up. They're their individual self, mate. I'm massive on that. Don't be a robot. Be you, be mm. your individual. But give them the tools. And, you know, the physical tools, as much as anything else, makes you feel powerful. When you feel powerful, you make much better decisions. And, um, yeah, I can do it on a bigger area as well. I do seminars and workshops. And I do my very best to go around and, and make sure everyone gets the best out of it. But, yeah, I really love the private uh, exclusiveness. And if people are dedicated, and my clients are, I'm dedicated. Mm. And yeah, so you just talk about dedicated. How many days a week are you teaching or instructing, coaching, whichever way you look at it? <laughs> um, seven days a week. Seven days. But, but, you know, and this is funny because I'm glad you ask. 
it's not uh, I love it. It's the, it, I love to share it and I love to do it. So the reason I'm, I'm good at it is because I've practiced it for so long and I enjoy it. It's not something I do. It's not, it's not just a job or it's not, uh, it's a hassle to do. This is a lifestyle. So I have two things in my life, lots of things in my life, but I have two major things as family and as coaching because my co- the people I coach are like a second family. Mm. But my, my wife and boys never neglected their number one there. So although I train a lot, I'm also with my family a lot. And this is, that's what I want to do. I love it. You know, so seven days a week, like I said, it's not a, of course, it's a job. That's what my profession is, but I really do enjoy it. And I enjoy coaching people. And some people can only make it a Sunday. No worries. Again, they're dedicated. But I always manage my time well. So, yeah, uh, absolutely love it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's funny you said that it's like a family and that's like a cent and i know you've got you know your own thing going on at sustainable and the culture that you have and the people that you have and the family vibe that you've created but that's also something that is emulated throughout like you know most academies around australia and perth and yeah. ev- everywhere we've been right like it's always you know all the the members the core members at the gym the people who train at that gym they that's what they're looking for and that's what they get out of it right and i think that's just a thing from that's jujitsu martial arts yeah. yeah absolutely you know and let's not forget what people come for you people are i say people are complex but not complex i mean yeah. with respect for you people just want to be the, the genuine individual self and you know the right people attract the people all gyms are full Everyone's connected to something, and as an instructor, what are you trying to pass on? You, I want to just make you a more powerful individual. You're already an excellent individual. Everybody's ordinary. Everybody's extraordinary. But you know, this I know this tool is going to embellish on who you are, and that's really what it should be. It shouldn't be who beats who or what. What, what that's that'll come all down the track with self confidence, and it's not even in that context either it's in a more powerful context but it's just empowering the individual isn't it and i think that's what when there's other like-minded people dedicated to doing it we all understand each other that's where that community comes from you're mm. empowering each other really it's not it's not weird it's not culty it's it's, it's jiu-jitsu mate it's what it makes you feel and people go, i don't know understand why that would do that or something that pushes you physically mentally emotionally how can that not power you up as an individual 100% zero negativity, only positivity, as long as it's done in the correct manner. Mm. Can you can you elaborate a little bit more on the idea of mental, physical, and emotional and sort of like what that means to you? Well, I think if you're, so let's say from an exercise point of view, I love exercise um, every day, but um, jiu-jitsu, you, you want things that, so in life you're going to be, it's a, it's a physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual uh, reference and this is you as a as a person isn't there so a lot of people maybe not so physical but the best physical shape we're not judging anyone we're just saying is how it make you feel so if you're out of shape a little bit uh, physically so if you're out of shape or not maybe your emotion you don't have good control over your emotions and your mindset maybe a little negative i don't know whole difference and depends on the person Mm. But when you when you do martial arts and jiu-jitsu and you push yourself and it's done correctly and professionally is what we, we do our best to, do, uh, to achieve, then people start to become physically more capable. So physically they start to go, wow, you know, I'm powerful. I can sweep Brad. I can control Brad. I can hold Brad. Wow, my body's strong. It's going to change your mindset, isn't it? Your body mm. feels good. When you're getting rolled around the mats and you feel, oh, goodness me, this is <laughs> completely foreign. It's not going to make you feel very good. So you start to feel very good physically. That changed your mindset mentally. You're like, wow, you know what? I know I can move. I know I can do this. And you start to get the confidence. Then you start to get challenged. And, you, you know, we've all been scared on the mats. We've all had anxiousness on the mats. We've all had uh, angriness on the mats you know, for sure. And then you start to control your emotions. Then you get to a point where now we're talking what we're saying before about pressure and you're at a high level of pressure with it's only you against the other guy. You can't handball it. It's pressure, physical, mental, and emotional. And you've got to deal with it. And again, it's done in a healthy way, challenge those who need to be that challenge. So you're dealing with that. And then you go years of it, like we just said, 
lifetime of it and continue physically, mentally, and emotionally, you're powering yourself up. So mm. and I said to someone the other day, um, if you're everything in life is going to hit you at some point, you know, hopefully we go through life a good life, but you know, you're gonna lose someone, you're gonna have this, things are gonna happen in life. And if you're approaching it uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually, or whatever you'd like to call it, um, not in the best way you can, in a weak way, let's say, it's going to be a long, hard life. If you try to power yourself up physically, mentally, emotionally, and all those things are going to come in anyway, you're going to approach them differently. Because of how you feel within yourself, there'll be a different perception of what those things are. Not to say that, not taking anything, uh, it's horrible to lose someone and whatnot, but your physical, mental, emotional, spiritual state is good. Yeah. That's what, that's what martial arts will give you. You only, you can't get that unless you push. Yeah. And then he pushes in, you've got to go deep and near on, get your head smashed in. No, we just push in the correct ways. Like you said, pressure is a good way to push. Pressure is a good way to feel how you're going to respond to certain situations. How you keep how you keep your shit together under that under Correct. those under that pressure, especially when it's if it's sustained, right? So Correct. it's like the better you get. So the idea that like I because I love that this idea of it. You're the first person who sort of said said it in that way like mental physical emotional and there's a lot of other ways to say it but that really resonated with me and i think like jujitsu for me specifically um like the deeper i get and the further i get into it the i think the more like stronger i am in those areas and the more pressure i can take and still keep my shit together and don't get me wrong don't get me wrong you get you get tapped i'm it's not about i'm not talking about being good i'm talking about being able to survive under the pressure and not succumb to it that's what i'm referring to you still get caught but i'm talking about like my emotions remaining together in a stressful situation and that's like a skill that um don't get me wrong everybody has their like that cracking point you have that cracking point if someone puts it on you enough they're going to find a way to to crack one of those three right and you've sort of said it to me in that way before and i really like that because it's about the 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 more the better that you get at controlling these things longer term the more it's going to take from someone to crack it and we're all just at different stages of how we keep it together and it's just about rising that like level up over time so that you can take as much as possible before you do crack absolutely and then you've got to ask yourself then to achieve what you're talking about what what are you trying to then work what are you working on so if you go i can just take punishment mm. or are you you know you're getting better frames and when you're when you control your emotions and control yourself your your physical uh, body will follow it mm. if you're in your mind panicking your physical body follows that in in the presence and the structure that it has so when you feel confident and part of your confidence is that structure in your body so you go you know what i'm actually i'm all right here this is a good thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And I f- and it's like at a certain point in time, right, this is, it goes beyond the mats. And people who don't do jiu-jitsu will probably never understand that. But the people who yeah. do martial arts or jiu-jitsu or both will understand what that means, where you yeah. can sort of take these skills into your everyday life. Well, I said to a client the other day, you know, he was superb on the mats, his control, his level, um just yeah everything was superb he was absolute professional on the mats in everything and he's just started a new job and he was like oh man like you know i'm trying to trying to work out trying to be cool with this trying to cool with that he's got a lot of responsibility and i said mate you just take control it's you know in a positive and just be you and we're talking about the self-control that he has and i said look what you just did on the mats mate nobody who's got no self-control could move like that not mm. that, not that well, not that professional. Because you need self-control. You're looking after your uh, opponent. Your skill set is immaculate. You know the whole control that I can see in that is is a mind blowing. So you take that skill. How can that then be there in an hour while you're rolling, but not when you're in your workplace? You just got to turn it into that that mm. mode of <laughs> you're not rolling with that uh, client. In your workplace, you're just taking that mindset, that self-control that you showed, and that's beautiful. And that's that's where the you know what you were saying before, though, Brad. That's where the real power is. 
So if you're looking for another move, the move is good, but the move is at the end. What you're, what you're really looking for is what you just mentioned then, the self-control. Mm. Without the self-control, you see the gi, the, the humble made for me, uh, self-belief, self-control, self-protection. They're my three things at the gym. But yeah, the self-control will completely change your physical game because mm. it's the mindset. Very interesting. Yeah, it is. It is. And if if I could sort of transition a little bit, um, mm-hmm. you know, you've been you've been someone who's been training for what twenty six years, and I'm sure throughout that time, probably at every belt level, and even maybe as a black belt, I'm sure you you would have had plateaus throughout your journey, and whether that's um, you know a, a mental plateau or self maybe self doubt, maybe not self doubt, but you know even mm-hmm. just even just the idea of like not knowing how to improve or you know I'm sure I'm sure you've maybe you can share some of your experiences. Um, in that regard but what I want to ask is sort of how you generally approach um, those moments of plateau in your own jujitsu but also how do you advise your clients on what to do when they're in those moments um for me personally I, I think I overcomplicated everything in my own mind mm. I think you know you just go off on a tangent but and then over time you work things out but <coughs> excuse me it's always been again I think Number one, not pressuring yourself, just enjoying the journey the best you can. And, and I've always enjoyed it. I have been hard on myself in the past. You know, I should do this as long gone now. But, you know, you're – and that's and it's, it's such a – that's why I'm so big on what we're just talking about now and, and what areas are you focused on to get better because you're not looking at the right ones. <laughs> so mm-hmm. over, over the periods of the belt, and every belt was good and, you know, you learn so much, but – you start to realize, hold on a second, this is more of a physical, of a, a mental mentality um, and control of your emotions and everything we're talking about that's going to get you better, not the, not the moves, if that makes sense. So what was always highlighted to me was because, you know, I had a big emphasis on self-protection is the physical, uh, sorry, the efficient and the effectiveness of it. So that was, that was what always would keep you, uh, grinding and moving through to the next uh, step. This was my personal journey, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you're quite highlighted to what worked and what didn't work with pressure and, and whatnot. And that's that's where the I kind of got out of the uh, mud, if you're in it, by just going, right, you need to be honest. What are you trying to achieve out of it, so to speak? Um, and I think for clients, that's the same thing. You know, if you're in a slump, what are you in a slump for? it's usually not i can pretty much say 99.9 percent of the time it's not in the body it's in the mind mm. it's always in the mind and you go what's going on outside what what's your, what's your lifestyle like outside you know is everything right at home are you just uh, worried about because you think as you go to your next belt you need to be better or you're putting too much pressure on yourself and you need to come back to simplicity again you know enjoy it don't stress over it. And what are you focusing on? If you're focusing on more moves and you go in, I can never pull those arm bars and I can never pull those chokes. Well, it's actually probably got a limited time uh, to do with the chokes or the arm bars and more to do with your self-control, which helped you survive something, which helped you control the person <clears> better, which then helped you get the submission. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. So that's that's the that's the bigger picture, really, where it's coming from, more than likely. So what are you just constantly redirecting people back to their principles then? <laughs> oh, no, but you know, you're a, you're a human being, obviously, with, you, with the personalities, you talk to the individual and you say some people are going through things in their life and whatnot. Mm. But it always goes back to simplicity. You don't want to overcomplicate. You know, what do I need to do to get better? I'm going from blue belt to purple belt. I mean, I need to get this triangle that I saw on YouTube. I mean, that's not what it's about. Though. <laughs> you need to get better self-control, better self-belief, and, and focus on basics. So then that gives you that confidence that then you can go into those arm bars that you're chasing. But because you're chasing the arm bars, per se, I'm giving you an example, that's not where it's at, though. Mm. So it's, it's such a bigger picture. And this is one massive uh, thing why I coach with privates. Because if you're in such a mass production all the time, you're not getting the understanding of what it is. Remember, everybody's different, aren't they? So if I've got 50 people in the room, that's 50 different perceptions. Yep, same 
same thing we're looking at, but everybody's perceiving it differently. So you need to be as simple as you can with what you're trying to achieve and have base principles, concepts, not moves. Because people in in different, everybody can get the concept, but not everyone going to get the moves. Yeah, right. So you try and keep people working within the confines of concepts more so than, than techniques. Yes, but then the techniques are very easy to plug in after them. And as we said before, we're not looking at robots. You be your individual self. You're not, this is exactly how you do it, but this is what you need to be controlling. This is what you're looking to achieve. And then you're going to find, hey, easy. Thank you for the armbar. Thank you for the choke. And you never, you, if you're forcing something, then it, it shouldn't be like that anyway. I'm going to control you in a certain way. You're only going to be, be able to move in a certain way. And then you're going to give me one, one of those things is mm. going to happen to you. And it's going to adapt and it's going to keep adapting. But one of those things is getting caught. So what are you looking at? If you're looking at a certain move, it is, it's fascinating. And I'm, and I'm always learning as a coach uh, to see, you know, you can, I feel you can take someone's game now and do something in six months that mate, I could do in six months and I couldn't give someone in six months. But now a lot different because you're keeping simple. Nothing negates time. You, know, you and I both know it needs to be time, mm-hmm. but it needs to be what, do, what are you spending time working on? Um, and we were talking about defence the other day underneath Brad, you know, the structures and whatnot. I said, how are you going to deploy anything if you're too busy getting squashed? If someone yelled out to you, Brad, just protect your arms and you just stuffed your arms under your chest and the guy just used your arms underneath you and squashed you with them and then attacked your neck and you had no arms. And you go, yeah, you just said protect your arms, but there's no structure behind it, though. There's no, and, and this is what we say about needs to be felt. So you need to build a structure first and foremost. It might last seconds. It might last more. But you need to have a robust structure that physically, mentally, emotionally, you feel powerful with in every spot. And you felt this with me. Um, and you, that's a necessity. And then you can uh, survive what's incoming, defend, and then you can deploy what you do next. But if you're looking for the move, you're not even going to get there. Because we just said the emotional control is going out the window because you're going, oh, my God, I can't move. Escape, 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 escape. (laughs) Oh, mate, survive. Survive. (laughs) Don't panic. This is interesting. And, you know, this is I'm endeavouring to try and pass this over with my Instagram page a little bit. And obviously, there's only so many things you can put on there. But to try and touch as many people as you can per se, and, uh, and share it with them because make it easy for people, hard work and whatnot, but everybody's capable. It doesn't matter the size, doesn't matter the age. Keep it simple and do what you're supposed to do and then you can embellish off there, no worries, but give someone a way that, you know, the person comes on, I'll deal with lots of people and they're 50 kilos, oh, I, couldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to do this and then you show them some things and they go, wow, I didn't realise I was there. I could do that and you go, yeah, I know. Because you're thinking it's something that it's not. You're mm. thinking that, uh, oh, I'm going to have to outmuscle this guy. You go, no, 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 no. You need to control them in certain places. And then your husband that's six foot four now can't move when you're in side control and north south on it. Pretty impressive in two sessions. <laughs> yeah, you saw the idea, the penguin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it's, it is. It's beautiful. Though. But sorry to go off on a tangent, but yeah, it's something I feel very passionate about. And uh, I will just keep sharing it, and and because uh, it, it really does make the game change the game. You feel safe, you feel structured, you feel like a gorilla at all times in all areas. Then you're going to make good decisions. Mm. If that's your defenses are very good and you're just surviving, you're going to you're going to make poor decisions, or at best, uh, not the best decisions. Yeah, so to you need to be obviously to make good decisions, you need to be cool, calm, and collected. And in order to be cool, calm, and collected, you need to have your structures and things in place, right? If you're 100%. all over the place, if you're disconnected, if your body doesn't, if your body's not in alignment, then how are you supposed to stay calm? How are you supposed to then um, make the right decisions? Exactly. And when people start to get control of this, then they, and especially for those who have been training for a long time, uh, more time on the mats or, you know, um, blue belt, purple belt, whatnot, then they start to see the moves that they've actually got that they kind of don't realise they've got comes out. 
Yeah. You survive everything better. You're in a better mindset. That projects through the body. Your skill set's already there, but it's never been, the door's never been open for you to deploy it because of all those things before it we're talking about. And all of a sudden, boom, more sweeps, bang, more chokes, whatever. Not hunting them, they just start to appear. And uh, that's what I'm dedicated to. But don't get me wrong. Then at the end of it, when the submission or the sweep comes, then for sure, there's another part of excellence to that to make sure that that's done properly as well. But you've got to get to that point. Mm. It's funny you talk, uh, I can't remember exactly what you said, but it made me think about like, probably like, I don't know, a year and a half, two years ago, like when I sort of early days in my blue belt, I used to sort of, I'd be like chasing after the things I wanted on someone. So if I found my way to the top, I'd be looking to get the second collar. I'd be chasing the first collar, hunting the second, like, to, you know, in reference to a cross choke here, where like now um, I'm a little bit more, my ability to control someone has improved a lot because I've, you know, obviously learned some things. Um, I've gotten a lot better at it, but I've also spent more time on the mat as well. So I've been able to sort of just marinate just, more mm. time on the mat and over time you kind of like things things improve right and now so i'm focused more on kind of like working someone over to the point where they start making mistakes and then i'm and then looking to capitalize on their errors as opposed to trying to chase after what i'm looking for mate you bring a tear to my eye this is <laughs> this is exactly what we're talking about mm, mm, uh, that's that because that's the smart way to do it isn't it you put them in such positions that they don't have any choices. As we say, go back to where, you know, Master Joe, hey, you're just going to have nowhere to go. And the way that you go, it's going to get shut down. And, uh, you know, I was saying one time I was on top of him and I was in north-south and I thought, mate, I don't really want to move because I'm going to get rolled. But if I move, I'm going to get rolled. So I got rolled. <laughs> you go. That's the sort of thing you want to be perfecting. So, yeah, exactly. So you've, got, you've just got more control over your mindset then when you've got the confidence in your body. But it's, yeah, so going back to what we're saying about people getting in, in slumps, you've got to think of what are, they, what are they looking at? So if they think they're not improving, why do you not think? Well, I'm not improving because I, haven't, I can't get the armbar. So then we go, well, it's not the armbar. We go back to this, this, and this. So it always relates back to, I suppose you could always say, it always relates back to the basics. But basics is is everything. So basic is a word that people maybe think is very, uh, just a novice. How about, basic, um, how about if I throw a little bit of a spanner in the works here? So how am I not improving? Um, comparison is the thief of joy, right? Do you have instances of people who um, comparing themselves to other people where they might not think they're improving, but they're, but they're thinking about someone who's sort of like, you know, catching up to them or has overtaken them in terms of proficiency. And that can be something that people are faced with. You know, I think everyone is faced with that. Someone who started after them, but then got better than them or someone who they were always better than is, and now we're starting to nip at the heels. Yes. Yeah, exactly, bro. And that's so true. There's, and there's so much of it. And, and again, this is this is beautiful, but that's what that's what part of being a coach is about. You're not just showing another armbar, you're monitoring all of this stuff and you can see and you go, how are you going to get them over that slump? Mm. So you can you get dis, disheartened with, oh man, I'm always getting caught. And I say, listen, what are you trying to achieve? So I give you an example of someone that would say, oh, this guy's about I struggle to get out, out from underneath him. I said, well, you know, we're doing five-minute rounds. I, I hate rounds because it shouldn't be any time limit, but we're trying to get a roll with everyone and et cetera. And you go, so you're rolling with the guy five minutes and you're struggling with him. What do you mean you're struggling? I just can't sweep him. And they go, cool. So I see him rolling with him and he's surviving him. The guy's just very good. He keeps shutting the windows and he's got a lot of weight, but he's surviving. He's handling it beautifully. If it was to go longer, who knows what happens, but he's surviving very well and he's got an all opportunity in the future to deploy something to get out. Right, that's how I'm looking at it. But he's looking, oh, I can't get out. I can't get out, man. I'm just, and I said, mate, you're forcing it. You know what happened to the mindset again? It's changed. So you go, dude, you know when I'm looking at you, I'm looking at you going, wow, well done, mate. You really handled that well because I remember a year and a half ago when that guy was like that on you or someone else, you didn't handle it so good. But now, much better, mate. Well done. So when you get up and you say to someone, say, mate, you know, and you'll say, uh, how do, do you reckon I'm getting better? Of course. 
What do you what do you think is getting better though? So the question I ask clients, and this is something for you as well, Brad, you've got to ask yourself what's good. What do you think is good? I tell you what, the first thing I think is good is mindset and control. Because you can have all the technique in the world, you probably won't if you have a mindset like this, but you're a lunatic, you can't control yourself, you get angry, um, whatnot. You're not going to have that game, are you? So the self-control, what we spoke about before, that's the most important, impressive thing. Because I know with self-control, okay, your timing is going to get better. You're more relaxed now, so now you can see the openings that you couldn't see before, and so on and so forth. Mm. And that's that's where you that's where that goes. So you look at an individual; everyone's got their own thing, and I can pick it a mile away. I can tell every, I can tell you everyone. I don't like to zoom in on it, but I'm always aware of it because that's what we're here. That's what I'm here to do. And then, boom. what what do you? Sorry, um, I misunderstood. What do you mean? Everyone has their own thing that you can see from a mile away. So everyone has their own, um, you know, I say problems, but um, issues on the mats with you know, oh, I'm dealing with this and you deal with that because everyone has someone's struggling with the guard and has been st- or someone's uh, been mounted for so long and. But it's, then you've got to go to that individual and why it's so important to deal with the individual and then go, right, I can see you, you've been getting stressed out over whatever. And then you've got to look at it from a different angle. Or you could say this, Brad, uh, man, you've got to bridge more. You've got to bridge more. Yeah, keep going, keep going, bridge more. <laughs> right? You go, man, that's not advice, dude. That Because that's not what it's about. It's about your you've now put a blocker on your brain and you're panicking because you're expecting something that it's not supposed to be. Yeah. If that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Underst- understood. And when you were talking about um, someone being stuck under someone and they can't get out and they're surviving, it made me think about your, you know, the purple belt. I don't even know if he's a purple belt anymore, but the um, the guy who, um, the fighter pilot, what's his name? I yes, thought, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Peter. Is he still, is Peter still a purple belt? Yes, mate. He's yeah. a legend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember having a couple of roles with him being stuck under him and he was heavy and just every time I tried to turn to, turn to escape, he just had me closed off on the other side and I was just like, I'm fucking, you know what? I'm just going to stay under this guy and try not to die because I can't get out. <laughs> yeah, this is, and you know what? And, and Pete is, he's got some pressure. He's got even more now. He's much better now. But he, um, but you just nailed, you know, you hit the nail on the head there, Brad, because so you go, let's say, you know, you're, I believe you would be on top of your purple belt and you, this gentleman is a purple belt, but he would outweigh you probably about 20 kilos, I reckon, give or take, a little bit more. And you go, so he's on top of you, pressure. And you, you could misinterpret, I wouldn't, but I'm just saying from uh, what you would, some, some would, would misinterpret, oh, I thought Brad was good. Yeah, no, Brad's far from his purple belt, mate, you know, because he just can't do this, this, and this. And I go, well, he has got someone very heavy on him. What are you expecting him to do? Do you want him to blow his way out of there and force his way out of there, gas himself, hurt himself, and for sure get himself caught? Or do you want him to be patient and survive it? And you actually do understand that that is a heavy guy on top of him that is going to take a while to get off. You're going to have to set him up. You're going to have to trick him. He's going to have to overcommit to something else. What is a lot of things going to go on there? So you've got to ask yourself, what's good? And the way that you're handling it underneath there, you're not getting uh, flattened, smashed, and then just obliterated every single time, which you weren't. You were staying smart. You were being safe. You were structuring. If you caught your arm up, you walked your legs so you could take the pressure off your shoulder. Boom, 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 boom. Time ran out. Mm. Well done, Brad. Oh, you obviously remember. You must remember what I'm referring to, then. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. As I said, I've always watched it, but I don't try to put too much emphasis on it. Yeah. And you go, well, do- well done, because the reality of it is, you ain't getting out from underneath him quickly. I'm not getting out from underneath him quickly. I'll mm. set him up, and I'll. But it's going to take patience and time. So, going back to that question there, Brad, what's good? And we could go on for that for hours, but there's something to think about. What's good? I tell you what, efficient, effective intelligence mm. there's there's three things to start the, the with con, the context as well so if we look what's good let's look at it from his perspective for a moment right so he's 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 on top he's controlling me he's he's a move in front of me he's aware that he's a move in front of me the pressure is good i'm i'm making the right adjustments to survive but he's patient enough and and he's adjusting as i adjust as well and he's from his perspective he's 
when we talk about the mental, physical, and emotional, he's wearing on me. And I didn't really crack and give him one of those. But if the timer didn't run out and we continued for, you know, another five minutes or another five after that or another, you know, how long ever it took, he's just wearing down and waiting for one of those things to crack. And at some point in time, one of them would have. Correct. Right. And, you know, uh, he's also aware that when he's on top of you, that you feel like a jack-in-a-box because a rock's a rock of the matter what size it is, 60 mm. kilos, 70 kilos, 90 kilos. If you're keeping a structure and you can keep your body, um, you're taking his body weight with your body weight, not with the shoulder that he's lent on or et cetera, et cetera. You've got your whole body weight. He's also then thinking on top of you, uh, I need to move minimal, which is what he's doing. He's moving, but he's moving very carefully minimal because you're like a, a jack-in-the-box, like coiled springs that if you, you, you give, uh, he gives you a gap, you're going to fill it with your knee or you're going to fill it with your hand or your elbow or what, what it may be. going so to try to. <laughs> Sorry, man. said I'm going to try to. <laughs> doesn't yeah, mean, no, I, doesn't mean I will, but I'm going to try because if, the, if Pete was reckless, for example, and he went to just move around with lots of space, bam, 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 bang, you'd have got him back in guard, swept him or whatever else uh, came with it. Mm. There's a reason he's moving very smart on you because he thinks, mate, if I give him a gap, he's going to, boom, he's going to get something in. So, you know, that's, that's where you'd want to marinate in those moments because that's where, that's where the greatness is. Because what comes out of that, okay, you're very careful, you're very careful, I'm going to make you move. There's ways to make you move, not by force, by there's always something free to move. I'm going to make you move. And once you move, I'm going to get the ball rolling and you won't be able to stop it. You're going to be on a fit ball until they get you off. That's the goal. And so that's where all the, that's where all the beauty is. And if you're only looking for a move, you're never going to get to it because you're never going to go through that moment we're talking about where you're going to rise, stay cool and be very um, intelligent in your approach. Going back to rolling with Giles underneath, and you go, you know, go to one, two, three. And I said, this is what I said to some clients the other day about not getting miffed, uh, being under Joe and almost getting out, working so hard to figure out, stay cool, get out, blah, 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 shut back down again. <laughs> and you go about 60 times and go, don't be miffed. And I say to someone, 26 years ago, I probably would have cried, mate. I wouldn't have cried, but I would have been very disillusioned. Uh, now I feel oh, beautiful. And the first thing he says to me, very good, very good. Well, wow, that was absolutely incredible. But you just, you got to hold it together. So it's all, it's all going to be mind first, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, the longer, the, the longer I train, the more that I realize that as yeah. well. And that's beautiful, bro. And that's actually part of your next stage to purple belt and to brown belt and the black belt. Because if you're thinking that you're learning more moves, of course, learning definite more setups more efficiency, more effectiveness. But mm, that's that's the byproduct, so to speak. What you're learning is what you're talking about now. That's the real growth. The moves then, per se, will come with that, mm. I believe. And that's why I focus a lot on what I do because that's what I've realized and I want to share that. It doesn't take away from any technical aspect and what we're supposed to be doing, but the mindset is everything. Right. And you, so you talk, you focus on, or you talk about jujitsu and you talk, refer to it as the art. Mm -hmm. And so when you, when you talk about sort of the art and self-protection, what are, what are the meaning behind these? What are the meanings behind these for you? I think for the art, you have to respect it for an art, you know, like martial arts, two sides, isn't it? Yin and yang. So the art of it is you do in jujitsu for what we said before to learn to become a more powerful, physical, mental, and emotional human being, a good decision making, a good decision maker. I'm sorry, with self belief, etc. Um, and so many things that come with it. You move better, you think better, your um, conscious net has grown because of your jujitsu. Everything's in life's better with it. And, and that's the art of it. And that's where the gentle art comes in. You're in such self-control of your mind on the mats. That's made such a difference off the mat. And that is the number one thing, the art. And come with the art is the self-protection of it because you've got such self-control, such awareness of your body and how to move it and how to control others and yourself. Then that's when the real self-protection comes. So I'd say if you didn't honor the art, you didn't honor the self-protection, you're never going to get the full version of what we're talking about with jujitsu. 
Mm. If you're just coming in to win everything and do it quickly and muscle everything and not see anything in life with it or not really get yourself into that uh, emotional state with it or whatever it may be, you're going to miss a little bit of it. You're going to miss a whole bunch of it. So this is why I'm I'm dedicated to the art of jiu-jitsu and the self-protection just because they go hand in hand. You're a controlled human being with confidence because of the self-protection. Mm. Uh, and vice versa so very That's, very interesting yeah it is interesting it's funny you say that because i've sort of obviously as you know like i've spent quite a bit of the bit of time off the mats and like mm. with injury and things like that and and i found um like in reference to jujitsu like it definitely affected my mental health not being able to train like it, it did quite a lot. I spent like six months off the mats and like without having the opportunity to train, it was sort of like, it was pretty shit. I'll be honest. It was pretty, it was pretty shit. And now that I'm sort of like trying to get to the other side of it and back on the mats, now I have more clarity than ever on how important it is for me to be able to train long-term, right. As opposed to, it's it's not about winning medals or anything like that and people who are pursuing those things like that's great that's fantastic like go after your dreams for sure i'm all in support of that wholeheartedly do whatever makes you happy but for me like that kind of approach at this stage like i don't think that is going to work for me personally i've like i've already been um uh like it's the how do you say it um fractured i've been fractured too much right like what's i don't even know what the term is i'm looking for here um injured yeah injured but I, yeah like i'm i'm just i'm not 100 percent. so like the important yeah. thing for me is to be able to like look after what i have so that i can train because i don't want to be five years from now or 10 years from now or 15 years from from now from matter you know i don't want to be what am i 30 now i don't want to be 45 and unable to train Fuck that. Because mm. like, I know how it. I know how it feels when I oh, yeah. See, I don't want to be your age and unable to be on the mats. Like some people right, get to a certain why, age where they stop training. Yes. You know, like no. I so that's that's I don't want that to be me. I want to be able to train. No, mate, and I feel you hundred percent. And that's what we said when we first met, wasn't it? And that's that's why I'm so big on it. You need to be so careful. You know, the body's amazing and the mind's amazing. Um but you can you can hurt people, mate, and you can get hurt doing it. And even playing, and you can get, even playing, you can get hurt doing it. So this is where that self control and the actual correct things that you do and the intelligence you have, um, you need to be looking after each other. But the misconception, I think, maybe for a lot of people, but they're just uneducated, is oh, soft, mate. Soft, mate. No problems, mate. Can break your back, no worries, with ease. But what are you? That's not what we're here for, mate. You're here to control yourself. You're here to control the other person. In your, you're in the life. Of, you're in the hands of uh, others, and that's where I think a lot of the control comes with the jiu-jitsu. Because if you're playing with others on the mat, you better be looking after them, otherwise you're mm. gonna hurt them. Simple. And it's all fun and games, mate, until you get some something bad. And like you said, uh, you know, I know you're off for a little while, but. And it'll only make you stronger, though, because it's really good in a way and perfect timing for you uh, because that's the next level of thinking anyway for you. Uh, it's not about, you know, not pursuing a competition or anything. We're just saying be intelligent in your approach. Otherwise, you won't be doing jiu-jitsu. And you said that it hurt you for six months to not do jiu-jitsu. Well, let's not make it a lifetime. Mm. And, uh, so that's great, right? And, and and obviously, you know, as long as your body's okay and you're all right, you'll always be able to move forward and advance and be excellent with what you do. Just be more smart, more intelligent. And um, yeah, I was very lucky. I got away with not hurting myself. Touch wood. Mm. And um, and wised onto it quickly. And we're like, nah, this is this is super dangerous. Your spine and your neck, and yeah, they need to be in control. Uh, but don't don't get it wrong. Fully functional, mate. I know exactly how to control it, how not to hurt it, and how to hurt it. And then that's your self control. And if you roll over someone who doesn't have that self control that we talked of, or slips from it, let's call it that, or whatever it may be, then not cool. Um, and and that's even more of an emphasis on the person who's rolling with them to be 
fully aware of your own body, fully structured up. Do not get caught up into the other mindset, only protect yourself. Protecting yourself, you'll be able to protect the other person. Mm. Yeah, right. There's two. What I always learned from John that, like, and he he emphasizes this a lot is that there's always like on the matting class. He says there's two people in every role, right? It's your duty to look after yourself, but it's your duty to also look after the person you're training with. Mate, hundred percent. As I said, someone the other day was talking about violence. I said that's why you want to be so good at it, mate. You're lucky you mess with me. I'm gonna gorilla you, and you won't be able to do anything about it. I'll look after you, though. <laughs> I, could, I, I could, I could hurt you too, but I'm gonna look after you, and I look after you because you can do it. And that's, and I think you know that could be the crazy white belt, or that could be the person who's a little bit angry and going through a little bit of bad time. Bang, it's all good. Or it could be the guy who's super violent. Either way you're looking for the most efficient and effective way to control that individual. So you're safe, they're safe, everyone has a good time. <laughs> mm, there you go. Um, so I wanted to ask, so that um, I'll, re- I'll let you go five more minutes, almost at an hour. Um, no the uh, this top side control study that you did with Jamil, right? That was part one. I, I, am, I am led to believe that there's a part two coming out. Is that right? Uh, yes, I think there's a the part two is a discussion that we had, and uh, I think we did a bonus mount. Uh, it'll all come out onto my Instagram eventually, as well as Jamil's um, Coffee and Chokes for Jamil, and it'll be on Sustainable Jiu Jitsu and Professor James with Jones' Instagram for mine. Um, I'll put, upload it up. It's also on my YouTube channel, Sustainable Jiu Jitsu. Right. Okay. Um, sorry. No, carry on. Are you still going? Yep, so with the question, sorry, with the side control? Yeah, no, I was just going to say, is there a part two coming out? Yes, sorry, mate. Yeah, but and then uh, I think it was a bonus with the mount. So that'll be coming out shortly. Okay, well, I'll be, if it's fine, when that comes out, I'll be sure to share that. Um, with, uh, Beautiful. Thank you so much, mate. Yeah, this, no, this podcast, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to edit this and it will be out tomorrow morning. Beautiful. I hope, uh, hope we got across some what we needed to get across. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we did. It's always it's always a pleasure to have you. If you've got another couple of minutes, I, ha- I think I have two questions to two Mate, questions to ask you. I've got as long as you need. Go for <laughs> it. I appreciate it. So no I put worry, something on face uh, on Instagram. Sorry, um, and I've had a couple of questions come in. So one was actually from Jamil. Who who were your first coaches aside from Rodney? First coaches, my first, one of my first coaches I met him at the gym, uh, but people know him in Perth, Paul, Paul Gizzarelli. He actually, we, I was lifting weights and he was lifting weights and he did a, done a little bit of jiu-jitsu back in LA. He said, you could, should come train out the garage. And we got a good uh, look at jiu-jitsu, hard jiu-jitsu and self-protection. It was a little bit rough back then, but I learned a lot of Paul, mate. It was good. We don't share the same personality and where we are now. Um, personality, I shouldn't say that, the vision, and that's fine, mate. He's a, I don't wish him any ill will at all. I wish him all the best. And then, yeah, I have my direction with it. But yeah, he was where I, he was where I first started to see jiu-jitsu, now in the UFC. I spent right. $80 getting the VHS. <laughs> really? Is that how you started? So what, what, what era of UFC were you getting into? Well, I was getting the first ones, but that oh, was yeah. in 93, like mid-96. And then they were illegal, so you had to go under, under the counter. And I was buying there. I remember paying $80 for VHS, and it was just rubbish. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it was worth it to me. <laughs> so that's, that's funny you mentioned that because you've been doing jiu-jitsu for 26 years, right, and martial mm. arts for even longer. But I know um, the UFC had their 25th year anniversary in the last few years. So you were sort of – did the UFC get you into jiu-jitsu? Is that how it sort of came together for you? Jiu-jitsu, um, yeah, well, you know, meeting Paul at the gym and obviously in the late teens. Uh, but, yeah, the UFC, to understand jiu-jitsu, a little bit later in the UFC, to really yeah. understand what I was looking at, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because um, it was just violence at the start. You just think, whoa, man, just you got no idea. Well, you do, but not to what you know now you've got no idea of really what you're looking at it's just aggression and those are early days of the ufc you think mate i was looking at tank abbott the other day so mate, you're when they go grabbing you and throwing heavy hands on you you better know how to control it <laughs> so even though it was like old old school days and you know they weren't the athletes they are now but 
as a dangerous guy, mate. So there, they, they, that definitely uh, opened my eyes. And then yeah, the jiu-jitsu came later on down the track. That was more like Frank Shamrock that inspired my jiu-jitsu. Not, not inspired the way I do jiu-jitsu, but I was watching the Joe Marrera's t- tapes. Uh, Marco Hua, he was one of my first in- inspirations. And Joe Marrera and Bus Rutten, they're all in the VHSs. That's kind of the, the style that I liked. And then, and then went from there. Right there, you go. I could, I could talk. I could, I could continue. Uh, continue I could, I could, I could, all night. <laughs> we'll do it again. We'll definitely do it again. Yeah. Right. All right. We'll get, we'll get it on. We'll have one. We'll talk about your fight career and stuff, and and striking a little bit more. Mate, they're done striking. Mm-hmm. Let me. I'd love to. All right, and I, do, I do have one more question. Um, so yeah. it's it's a two part question. It's from um, Valhalla Grappling, I believe. Um, is passing the guard an escape? <laughs> and yeah, is passing the guard an escape? And is an escape an offensive or defensive move? I don't know if that's just so pass it is passing the guard an escape. Well, you are you are escaping from in between their legs. Um what was the, the other half of it? He said um, is it a, a, a so is 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 passing the guard an escape and then is an escape an offensive or defensive move? Could be both. both. Could be both. Yeah. You know what? I would say this. You don't want to be getting comfortable sitting in people's guards. It's all well and good sitting there punching and stuff like that, but you you see in some people's guards, mate, spider web, you're going to be in big trouble. So you want to get very comfortable with passing the guard and making that of importance. Not to say that you never would... You know, there's ways to control and you can hit off and you can set things up, but I'd be super careful sitting in people's guards. So maybe, yeah, defensive, but also offensive. But I've got to come past your defense, really, because it's your legs I have to pass. So, yeah, good question. Good question. Definitely of importance, though, and definitely make sure they can't use those hips. <laughs> Squash them. So con- conceptually... Um, if you're yeah. trying to pass the guard, what what are some of the what are some of the biggest concepts that you like to stress to your um, clients? I would say number one thing is you want to be controlling around the thighs, from the hip to the knee, from the hip to the knee, because that's where all the hip movement is going to come from. Whether you do that with your knees butted up against them, your hips butted up against them, your hands, your armpits, anything that you can connect to them, and obviously this is not going to make sense because we're not showing it with something, but I'm happy to show it in the future. Um, control that around the area until you can get up around the chest area. So basically you're looking to control the hip and control the upper area where the shoulder can move and rock and roll. You might have to use your head, your shoulder, your hands, whatever you need to get there, while, whilst all being in balance. So that's a – we could go into a serious uh, – serious, um, description of it but yeah that's your basic principles make control of the control the hips if you then, let's say for instance not say never say never just saying that if you're only controlling the ankles all the hips all over the place then you get the person spinning and twisting and your balance is going to be off so control the thigh and then they're going to be inhibited think uh, you put too much weight on the leg press machine and you've got it all the way down you can't push it back up mm-hmm. however i can get your hip like that or flattened out to the side or whatever it may be, it's good because then you don't have your hips anymore. Mm. And another another thing you stress in class that I um, notice is head over head. head. Get your head over head. You need three to four points of contact. You need to be base. I like to call it gorilla. Yeah. You need to be uh, connected in all your body. If uh, everything's not working, that's when you'll struggle with a, a pressure pass. And you see often people struggle with it because but they're not connected. They're looking at it from a different point of view. The body has to come first. There's certain points you control and you have to have three to four points of contact. And as you said, aim for your head overhead. You're not going to get the head overhead at the start if the, if you're in a certain position in the guard. So first you've got to take care of the thighs, take care of the chest until you can get up above the head. And right. many, many ways to do it, under or over. There's only two ways to pass the guard, under and over. And mm-hmm. forward, don't go back. If you end up with your their feet on your hips, that's because they went back. You didn't go back. That'd be my biggest advice for passing guard. But you need to be training it and understand what how that concept continues or that principle works. Right. Beautiful. 
There we go. Thanks, thanks, James. I really appreciate uh, appreciate your time as always. Time and your my energy, pleasure. as you like to say. <laughs> oh, mate, I love it. I could talk to you for hours. I'd love to do it again. And uh, any questions, mate, I'm more than happy to answer. Love it. No worries. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Um, I know the guys over this side are going to love your podcast. They always do. Um, and actually, I always get a lot of feedback when you're on. Everyone seems to enjoy it. So for anyone who's listening, if you if you enjoy what James got to say and you want to check out some of his jiu-jitsu, maybe start with um, Jamil's Instagram page or Sustainable Jiu-Jitsu's Instagram page. Check out their top side control study. He's also got a YouTube channel, Sustainable Jiu-Jitsu. Um, there's a little bit of content on there as well. Uh, one of the videos I've been watching is his um, uh, turtle. So how to attack uh, someone who's in the turtle position. There's three or four videos on that. There's, I think, six videos on uh, bottom crossbody and how to survive and escape from bottom crossbody. Um, obviously, I've spent a little bit of time on your YouTube channel, James. Um, oh, that's, so, good. That's, good. that's good. So for <laughs> anyone that's interested, maybe maybe have a look at those things and um, plant some seeds. And if you want to uh, see a little bit more of it in the flesh, reach out to James, and I'm sure he'd be willing to give you a private. Mate, I'm more than happy to help out over there. Obviously, when all this COVID's cleared, um, always have to help anybody. Um, workshops, seminars, mate, that's all. Once we can start moving again, then I can start going and, and spreading the love. But uh, I'm, mate, just happy to help. Yeah. Help you open, uh, you know, hope, inspire you, maybe open your eyes a little different way to do some stuff, make it easy for you in there, and you become the individual. So everything, again, like you said, Brad, is in context. When you see something and you go, mm, you need to feel it. And then you need to put a context with it as well. And then you'll figure out, okay, that's that's where the bigger picture is. So, yeah, more than happy to help. And thank you for uh, putting it out there. All right. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks again, James. Thanks for having me. Thank you, bro.